Welcome back to the Joke Show here on the Dion Family Network. And Dad, there's only one right way to start this. The Julio Jones saga only lasts a couple weeks. He has officially been traded, and I feel like you could probably guess I'm not happy. Because he didn't get a roster player back? Yeah, Julio Jones traded for a 2022 second and a 2023 fourth and a sixth, which I understand once it became a salary cap thing, I understood maybe not a first round pick, but a second, a fourth, and a sixth for the best wide receiver right now. Yeah, that's that's just, it's not enough. And I'm glad everyone's reaction is just like, oh, look at how good Tennessee is going to be this year because they're going to have all this firepower and not, Mm -hmm. why did they sell Julio for, I don't know, maybe 40 cents on the dollar, 50 cents on the dollar? Yeah. It's it's not a great trade, although it it does make the AFC, which I didn't. I thought the AFC South was pretty open. This move, I feel like, makes Tennessee the pretty heavy favorites. Yes, because now they've got a solid running game to go along with a solid passing game, yeah. even with an average quarterback. Uh, I haven't even watched the Falcons put out like a tribute video and stuff. I I, I can't. I, I need a few days to just kind of take it in that it actually happened. Julio was in Tennessee yesterday. I think I, I, he wanted out. I, I guess that's what I have to accept. And I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out there, and it's probably because it's my team. I feel this way. I don't know if the offense is gonna hurt that much. It's obviously a big piece losing Julio, but now you still have Calvin Ridley. You added Kyle Pitts. I just think it's gonna open up the offense for more players. Possibly. Or it might put more pressure on those players that are now in the number one position where they weren't before. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, that's that's really all I wanted to say. It's two minutes in. And I think that's enough time. This, it it was only really a few weeks, but like I'm I'm just over. I we don't need to start. It's like OTAs in the NFL. We have so much time to talk about these teams. No, is he is he in the last year of his contract? That I don't know. Okay. Probably not. I imagine if they're making that move, Tennessee's gonna would have wanted him for a couple of years, or right. he'll probably resign. Um, we are also gonna talk about uh, the MLB, our favorite Tony Larusa, at least my favorite, and then we'll check in on the NBA and NHL playoff series. Uh, I don't think if you're talking about baseball, there's no other person you want to talk about besides Tony Larusa, right? Right now, no. Uh, Pretty interesting. He so Lucas Giolito. Uh, during a game, I think it was Thursday, and we didn't talk about it, but Giolito gets ejected. He was yelling. He was arguing balls and strikes. And I just, I swear Tony LaRusso just hates his team. He starts defending the umpire for throwing out his player. And he said, you can't have fun at, at the expense of the umpires. And I just thought, and I understand, and every article starts off with 76-year-old manager. Just, he, I, I can't imagine any, who's having fun in that in that uh, dugout? I think it's almost like he's grandpa trying to teach his grandkids lessons throughout the baseball season. That's what it kind of feels like. Like he, I, I haven't heard him defend anybody on his own team yet. <laughs> it's always the def- the the umpire or right. the other team for throwing at his player. So yeah, he, no, they should have done that. He's not getting fined. No. Right? The MLB maybe they're gonna throw in a bonus clause for him. Yeah, because for. From like a managerial perspective, everyone would just say that's constructive. But can you can you not say anything positive about your team? Why did you take this job if all you're gonna do is be negative with your own team? I don't know. He's also second all time in wins, which that was pretty cool. But also 
he's 76 years old that kind of makes yeah. sense yeah so that was that's almost like your your segment at the end so the bad he defends the umpire for throwing out his player that's good second all time and wins the great has to be how do i become relatable to the kids so the white Sox wore their cell side jerseys kind of like black pinstripes really cool tony larusso was wearing his hat sideways and it just made me think oh Maybe everyone really doesn't like him, so he's like, oh, I have to be cool with the young kids, so I'm going to wear my hat sideways with these cool jerseys. <laughs> I'm surprised he wore the jerseys, to be honest. I thought he would just wear his jacket anyways. Right. These damn kids, these whippersnappers. I I love talking about him. As much as I would say I don't like him, he gives us stuff to talk about because it's never a dull moment with him. It probably He probably won't be only the MLB leader in wins, He'll probably also be the MLB leader in losses. Because he's been around so long. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like... I was trying to... Most of his teams, though... Because he stopped coaching the Cardinals like the late 2000s. See, and I think of him as an A's manager. And he stopped coaching them in the early 2000s. That's, that's a weird... St. Louis and Oakland, I feel like they have a weird connection. Like they have a lot of like yeah. back and forth pieces. They do, yeah. Uh, Jacob deGrom... And with all this MLB, the pitchers doctoring baseballs, we'll we'll talk about more of those developments. Jacob Degrom through nine starts has a .62 ERA. We better get a uh, microscopic camera on him. He's it, cheating. It it seems like out of all of these pitchers, and even even one of our own that we have to talk about, and it's kind of hard to defend. It seems like Jacob Degrom is just that good. He needs to get a capital on his last name. <laughs> yeah, lower lowercase d. Yeah, it's, I don't trust it. Uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, I put it lower down, but um, ten strikeouts, no walks against the Mariners. It's a segment that I wanted to do last time, and I'm bringing it this time. The MLB MVP picture. I uh, will do it before the Yankees update. I just, I think that's incredible that he's close to the MLB lead in home runs and throws ten strikeouts, no walks. Yeah, for sure. It's impre- it's. It's Babe Ruth numbers. It's all great until he gets hurt. Yeah. That's that's kind of what we're yeah, almost bracing for. Yeah. Uh, I'm part of this whole process and the pitchers and people talking about spin rate and foreign substances. The one person who, if, if you told me he was cheating, I kind of wouldn't have been shocked at the time. But uh, Trevor Bauer called out the MLB saying they've been hiding this for four years, that they've been ignoring this the pitchers using foreign substances and now major league baseball is going to check pitchers eight to ten times during a game and yeah doing random checks and everything else not the last four years this has been going on for the last 400 years so <laughs> let's let's come on trevor bauer is like i i mean obviously he's not cheating if he's the one calling this out that would be the funniest if he was right. calling out everybody and then he got caught he with got, something yeah. i think he is just I think he's that good. He might be one of the best players for baseball because he's so vocal. He'll call anything out. He's just not really like a marketable superstar. Like no. he's not a Tatis or a Cunha. He's no. a he's a fun pitcher and he closes one eye sometimes to pitch. Like it's kind of gimmicky. Yeah, he's got like a bit of villain in him, right? Like, yeah, that's. I think that's why he signed with the Dodgers. If he signed with the Blue Jays, he would be like a hero. Right sure even the even the Mets I think was a little too good for him because the Mets yeah. are the good guys of New York that's right yeah. so you got to go with the defending the champion yeah. the Dodgers yeah and he hates Garrett Cole so right. Dodgers become happen. your only option right 
Uh, rumor mill, though, are a couple things. One, uh, Trevor Story apparently won't resign in Colorado. so No surprise there. He's He'll be traded, and some people brought up, is he going to join his old buddy, in Nolan Arenado, with the Cardinals? Yeah, it could be very well. I wonder, because Arenado, we've seen his numbers are, have leveled back compared to Colorado. He's still, like, top five in hitting, like, average. But right. I wonder what happens when Trevor Story leaves. Now it's just the interesting part of, like, because Colorado's going to have these good players by developing them and bringing them through their system. Yep. When they leave, how good are they? Right, yeah. There's always going to be an asterisk, unfortunately, with Coors Field. The other shocking move is what I would call it, or at least team interested. Uh, the San Diego Padres are interested in Joey Gallo, and I, I didn't realize the Padres needed firepower. I didn't think they needed anything. And apparently it was also Max Scherzer was somewhere leak or rumored wow. that he could be a Padre. And Where would you put him? He's There's no room on that staff. One of those, I mean, he would be the perfect bullpen guy if he wasn't also one of the best starters in baseball because he would pitch every day and he would probably try to throw three innings every day. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. he's he is one of those, I will never forget the 2019 World Series when he pitched in game six and was like pacing around the dugout. And I was like, this guy is crazy. Like he is like, so just like fueled by baseball. He's another one where it would, it would probably surprise me if he was using any foreign substance, especially because he's kind of gotten hit around at points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's a little, he's a little up and down. Uh, the Toronto blue Jays staying in Buffalo, uh, through how long? July 21st. Oh, thank you. Oh, so it's, that's a good sign. It seems like they are, moving towards wanting to bring them back to Toronto at some point. I just wonder if... Well, I guess it'll be with fans, stage two. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. If the Jays come back to Toronto this summer, I'm going. We're going. We'll we'll see if we can get tickets. We'll see if, if that stadium might be packed for the rest of the year. If they we, come back. Yeah, right? Just because you're not the only one who's going to say, I'm go- I want to go do something. Yeah, and also we'll because they're good and they're competitive. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, all right. MVP picture. The funny part to me was the AL. I kind of struggled to find three, and the NL there was too many options. So the AL I think is pretty easy. At least for me, I'd say right now, Shohei Otani. Two way, kind of hard to compare. You can't. Uh, Vlad Jr. He's hit 18 home runs. He's I think he's leading the league in uh batting average. Definitely not the season i expected out of him but right. he deserves to be in that race and then another guy that uh we got to see up close this weekend xander bogarts who is the catalyst of that red sox offense for sure he's the new mookie Betts. let's hope he gets traded to the dodgers then we can cheer for him <laughs> uh the nl again i found i i did five chris bryan and nick castellanos are close they're just having really good years jacob Degrom, he's been hurt Again, the .62 ERA through nine starts is impressive. But to me, it's a two-horse race, and it's the juniors. It's either Fernando Tatis or Ronald Acuna. Fair enough. I just it, And it should be the thing we're talking about. Look at Vlad and these three juniors, Vlad, right. Fernando, and Ronald. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about spin rate. Those are the those are the things people care about in baseball. It's, yes. It's, it's pretty annoying. Uh, Yankees update. Uh, swept by Boston, all three Not games on TV, and yeah. just really two and a half going into the weekend and optimism all over the place. And yeah. 
Boston just really shut that down. This rivalry's turned into like a one-sided rivalry. Like, and I mean either one way or the other. So the Yankees have won 17 out of the last 18 games going into this series. So the Red Sox hadn't swept in Yankee Stadium in 10 years, which was another big kind of surprise as well. But it it's just seems the rivalry now seems to be it's all one way or it's all the other way. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be back and forth. In the, yeah, it's just back. It's tennis right now. It's not half and half at all. The one thing I took out of this weekend to make me feel a little bit better was Boston leads Major League Baseball in comeback wins. So they're usually putting themselves behind. They've come back and won 21 times already this year. Right. And it shows that they're a resilient team. But it also shows that I'll even I'll just say playoff baseball because it, it feels like they're going to be there at some level that they could get exposed by a better team. Yeah, for sure. They're yeah, I think they're way above expectations than than what they I'm sure even their own management thought they would be at at this point of the season, but it's I don't know. I think they probably need another pitch. I don't know if Sale is expected to be back at all this year, but that would be huge if he comes back because they really don't have a number 1 pitcher. Mhm. Uh, did you see Saturday, I guess afternoon, Saturday night, Alex Verdugo mic'd up? Did you listen to that? No, I kind of fast forwarded through that. He made friends with the Yankee fan, which I feel like a lot of people would say traitor. I just thought it was funny. Again, Alex Verdugo, not someone I thought was going to be this good, talented player, right. and he's got good personality, which is, again, annoying. Why does it, he have to be a Red Sox? Yeah, like to me, I don't have, there's really, even after this series, I don't really have a hate factor. It's it's not like the, the 2000s. And it's no, not there's like no the Manny. 70s. There's no yeah, David Ortiz. It's, it's, yeah, it's not or the '80s. It's not the same. Not yet, anyway. But it, it, we could get there. It, I just I wanted Boston to come out of that sweep and go. Yeah, we're so much better than the Yankees. These guys suck. Like I wanted them to create the rivalry. Right. Because what are the Yankees? What's Giancarlo and Aaron Judge? Yeah, we we don't like those guys. They're like they're just so monotone. Nobody yeah. has personality. No. It's again missing Except Luke Boyd. And Luke Voigt, yep. Yeah, our door. That was that was a. I guess we should also talk about that Sunday night ninth inning, uh, two on right, first and third. Yeah. Or was it base loaded? No, first and third. First and third, three two pitch. Way inside. What? Inside? I thought it was out. Wasn't it our door? Yeah, or outside. It wasn't yeah. a strike anyway. Out of out of the strike zone. Big time. Yeah. Even the un- announcers who are get, are neutral, right? Because they're ESPN. Yeah. And it. I'm not going to say – I hate people that say that's the reason it cost you the game. No. You could have won in the next inning, but that was just – that was a bad call. I think the, Well, they could have won in the second or third inning. Like, I think they've – they are the worst offensive team in M- MLB right now, which it blows my mind. Like For the, the Yankees, pieces they have. Yeah, it's unbelievable that they're worse. They just can't – they can't tack on. So, in this game, they're up 3-1, bases loaded, nobody out. And they just can't tack on any more runs from that. And I knew from that point that was like the third inning. They're not going to win this game. They're, they're going to find a way to lose because they just can't score quite enough. Because they got the pitching. Get a couple more runs there. And even the pitchers have started to say that now. It would be nice if we could pitch with a lead. I, I forgot that that was this weekend. Jameson Tyon, yeah. that, was, that was a very – like, I mean, obviously they're – 
is obviously a disconnect, and I don't think it's just the Yankees. I think it's any baseball oh, team, for sure. the pitchers and the hitters. You're not like yeah, sitting yeah. sitting down, no, hanging you're, out all you're the time. Two different teams, kind of, right? It's like the offense and defense in football. You're you're just either practicing against each other, and that's it, right? So, especially when you see these guys in batting practice, or even when you're pitching against them in spring training, you see how talented this offense could be, and I'm sure it's just frustration from a new guy frustrating from a fan just ask me it's frustrating for sure because really there's not that many pieces that are not in place they're saying injuries but it's nowhere anywhere close to the injuries they had the last couple of years yeah you're missing one guy here and there but so is every other team yeah to, to me it's it's no not really any different and the yankees are so deep the next guy again that's how it used to be the next guy would come in oh he's hitting 300 right yeah. but dj's a big part of it He's hitting like 250 now. He's a like a 330 hitter. Like so, he's that's not a slump. That's like a major slump. Yeah, that's just a bad start. I guess do you still call it a start if we're two I, months in, three I, months in? I don't know. It's funny you say that because if you look at the record, it it's pretty much a COVID season we're at now, right? Like the Yankees are falling into the same scenario that happened to them last year, mm -hmm. where they won 10, lost 10, won 10, and they just made the just made the playoffs yeah and even losing to tampa last year was more frustrating because this they clearly weren't as good as tampa bay but they right. still pushed it to the brink right exactly i i think it's a it's a three-team race in the american league so i i really think tampa's gonna run away with it and it's gonna be three teams in that division for two wildcard spots yeah if we if it's interesting if it's somehow like toronto boston that's not going to be fun to watch. That's a that's at least one where, where we know we're cheering for Toronto. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Chris Gittens was called up, which I, I didn't realize mm -hmm. how big of a deal it was, but apparently this is the 27 year old rookie first baseman now yep. until yep. Voigt comes back. Yep. How did you How did you think he looked? He's all right, um, but again, he's another right hander. Uh, a Rod was all over the Yankees. Look at this. Look at this lineup. He said. Out of the nine, they've got one left-handed hitter, and, and he's hitting 195. And I was going to say, it's the guy that A-Rod was playing with. Yeah, exactly. So he just said, like, um, one stat that came up, um, the leader in home runs at Yankee Stadium has played seven games there. His name is Austin Meadows, and he plays for the Tampa Bay, I almost said Lightning, Rays. <laughs> the Devil Rays. That's yeah. That kind of that does make sense. Like it's a lefty dominant park. So why yeah like, and they always used to have their teams. Where's DD? Right. These are the guys I think that they're missing. Even like a Cano. Exactly, because those guys you miss a home you miss a fly ball. It's still a home run in New York. So I I really think they need to get some more, and they just need to get some more lefty bats in there. You need the righty lefty. Like you're making life easy. For, for the manager, I'm thinking. That you get to like, in the rest all your lefty bullpen sure. relievers. Yeah. Uh, I found it so fascinating that uh, Phil Nevin, is that how you say it? The yep. third base coach? Yep. Uh, during his bout with COVID, he had a bacterial infection and lost 22 pounds. Wow. Like, it, it's fascinating that even with vaccinations, like, it could just hit you so differently. Right. And I feel like those these kind of stories will keep coming out, like, as the... I guess maybe not baseball, but Quality maybe in the other sports. Yeah, that was That's that was terrible. really tough for the leader of the tournament by six strokes and John Basically Rom. Basically, is going to win it. Cruising right? to a win. 
and listening to Jim Nance trying to figure out what it was was like it it I felt so bad for him because like he's like okay he's being told something but we don't quite know and he walks like he's walking off how as like any professional sport do you not like even if you're testing throughout the weekend like right. on the Sunday when he's like cruising towards a victory yeah and feeling well obviously right? yeah. it's not even like he's got symptoms um, you mentioned uh, Jim Nance. If you get a chance to listen to, I think his name is, I want to say it's Jim Hughes um, for uh, NBC uh, doing the tennis right now. Mm-hmm. He sounds exactly like Jim Nance. Like I, I kept, I was listening so intently because he sounds just like him. Nah. I've never heard of the guy before, so I thought, oh, he must be a young guy. He's not a young guy. Like he's in his. I'm sure late 40s or early 50s, but yeah. you'll have to listen to him because he's Jim Nance, NBC version. Nice. That's cool. Um, the last, so Josh Donaldson, who before was talking about, he had all this evidence on pic- pictures, is now, I guess, the hitting version of Trevor Bauer because he called out Garrett Cole. Uh, in his start against the Rays, his spin rate for every pitch had gone down. So Donaldson just said, is this a coincidence that this we're talking about the substances and then Garrett Cole gets, he said caught, or almost caught, but could it not have just been a bad game? Yeah. Been a bad game? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He's had like so many amazing games, and they're only 6-6 six and six with him pitching. But yeah, that's what I would, that's what I would say. There was a few pitches when he was pitching that usually get called, and he wasn't getting the calls, but. I, I mean, if he does get caught, I don't think we'll be biased and say, oh, it's not a big deal. If he gets caught with it, that's our that's the star pitcher that's mm-hmm. doing that and yep. not really not setting a good example. And we made fun of the Astros for right. doing their cheating. But yeah. if, I although mean, he is a former Astro, he was a part of that team, although he he defends them, which kind of made me feel worse that maybe he knew and was like somehow a part of it. Right. You never know. Uh, all right. NBA playoff update. Uh, did you watch Brooklyn Milwaukee? I did not. No. All I right. was gonna watch the Clippers in Dallas, but I saw the score while I was watching the Canada game or one of the games. So no. Uh, Brooklyn Milwaukee game one. Brooklyn wins one fifteen one oh seven. Not the big story. James Harden injured in the first minute of the game. Oh boy. They uh, right hamstring tightness injury, whatever you want to say. He's not playing game two, which is tonight. Uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving picked up the slack. Not as much as you would think they had to. Durant, 29 points. Kyrie, 25. Giannis with 34. Um, he only played 35 minutes. And this was mm. the huge problem last year with right. Mike Budenholzer. He said 30 to 35 minutes. At the beginning of the bubble, that made sense. But even, Bo- like, I always say Budenholzer, but just Coach Bud, he even said, I'm trying to keep Giannis fresh. For the off season of golf, I was gonna say for this is this is the time you're playing this even with two superstars. Maybe they're not a super team anymore, but they're still one of the best teams in the East. Why are you saving this guy for how, a series you need him in? How many minutes are is are the Brooklyn Stars playing? Usually, on average, a, a, I would say around about the same, okay. maybe to forty for like a game. I mean, Brooklyn never really had to play a game like that. But right. They would usually leave their – Brooklyn left their starters in for one of the Boston games until, like, the last minute of the game, and it was okay. a blowout. So I feel like also for Brooklyn, it's they're trying to get that team chemistry while in the playoffs. Right. Um, 
So yeah, Giannis still 34. The problem was his supporting cast. Chris Middleton, who's supposed to be the number two guy on this team, scores 13 points. Uh, Brooke Lopez leads the, I mean, not even the bench, but the secondary scores 19. Drew Holiday 17. The part that was interesting to me was Milwaukee played 10 players, including Giannis's brother, who played like three minutes. But Brooklyn only played nine. They kind of I respect what they're doing. I don't know if Giannis can even go up a level, like I'm not going to say like Shaq 2000 level, but right. if he goes up one more level, it shouldn't be a problem that the starting lineup is Blake Griffin, Kevin Durant, Joe Harris, Harden and Kyrie. Like Giannis should be out there scoring 40 or 50 points. And Brooklyn, I think is just going to let him do that, but it's everybody right. else. They're going to stop. Right. Kind of like what teams would do with LeBron. Yeah, when he had enough. lesser teams, just you score all you want. Yeah, no one else is going to score. Yeah. Um, but Brooklyn played nine guys, and they're missing DeAndre Jordan, who didn't play just coach's decision, even though everyone thought, oh, this is the series they'll need him in. He'll play against Brook Lopez, like center on center, at least for like 10, 15 minutes, but he chose not to play him. Jeff Green, who's also kind of like a pseudo center, like he's the not always the tallest guy but he kind of just guards centers a lot of the time right uh he was out with an injury and spencer dinwiddie uh he had he had a torn acl i'm pretty sure but that was earlier in the year they said it was possible he could come back in the playoffs but at this point if brooklyn's winning this game without having james harden it's it's tough for milwaukee except now he's out at least for game two yeah it must be pretty serious if He's not even a game time decision. Um, yeah, I, I I know the Bucks are your team. They just they need Giannis or their secondary stars because that was the big thing in the Miami series was Giannis could put up thirty points, but he would have his like his band of merry men behind him at least right. making shots. And that was in Brooklyn yeah. game one. Uh, Clippers, Clippers, Mavericks, game six, game seven, game six. Fully, fully on par with that one. I did watch that game. And Kawhi, which this was, it, it was one of those, it kind of brought me back to 2019 yeah. when he was with Toronto. Yeah. He had quite a few of these games where he just, he kind of, it's almost like comparing it to Jordan isn't fair, but I just always think of that Jordan game, this, well, what should have been his last game was he kind of looked around and realized, okay, no one else is going to do this. I just have to go and do right. basically everything. He scores 45. Paul George, I will give him credit, in an elimination game, he did show up. 20 points, 13 rebounds. Um, Luka, I guess we call it a quieter game. 28 right. points, 8 rebounds, 11 assists, which <laughs> if, unbelievable. if you're saying that's quiet for yeah. a 22-year-old, right. I I always love to think of like what is what is Luca gonna be like at twenty seven, twenty eight? Right. And if he's already twenty eight, eight and eleven, I say, Oh, you know, wasn't his best game. That's right. not not a great sign for the rest of the league. I did say that it was actually it was a fairly close game, one oh four ninety seven. Uh Tim Hardaway Jr., who's the second star for Dallas, uh twenty twenty nine points. Twenty nine? I can't read my handwriting sometimes. It's either 29 or 24. Uh, Chris Stapps, who I guess I'll just say after we talk about Game 7, he had seven points in 30 minutes, and this was a guy that was touted as the next Dirk, and he was going to be the co-star to Luka. Right. If you're seven foot three, especially 
because you said you watched this game, you see that the Clippers just go small ball. Like they have no guy over maybe six, seven, six, yeah. eight. And the Mavericks do like twin towers with Chris Stapps and Boban Marjanovic. The fact that Chris Stapps doesn't just post guys up the entire game is frustrating. Yeah. Because you're just so much taller. Just yeah. I don't I That's don't care if solution. you're gonna if you're gonna get a forearm in the back, I think it's worth it for you to just spin off and basically drop it in the basket. Right. At least Boban will do that. He'll like crash and bang with people. Uh game seven. I don't even want to say underwhelming because the game seven, they're always they're always underwhelming. I don't think I've ever seen a game seven and thought, oh, this was the best team best game either of these teams could play. No. Yeah, even the Raptors and Sixers. Yeah, that was a terrible game. Good finish, but yeah. Uh, one twenty six, one eleven. Kawhi uh takes over again, but kind of in the more of a two way game. Twenty eight points, ten rebounds, nine assists, assists short of a triple double. Paul George once again. I have to give him credit. He doesn't usually show up in these spots. And right. twenty two points, True. six rebounds, ten assists. That's that's huge, especially when Luca goes. He goes nuclear, even though through three quarters, I think he had. I mean to say only, but it was thirty. It was thirty something going into the fourth quarter. He ended up with forty six, forty six points, seven oh. rebounds, fourteen assists, and he lost. And in his very humble way, he says, "I haven't proven anything yet." Even right. though he has more forty point playoff games, and there was a long list of players that included like Carl Malone, wow. Damian Lillard, and through I think. Now we can say 13 playoff games that he's played in right. all against the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just still that dominant. The problem in this one for Dallas was the bench. They got six points altogether from, I think, five or six guys that came off the bench. Yeah, that's not going to get it done. And Chris Stapps, once again, a little bit better 16 points, 11 rebounds. But still, if you're seven foot three and the tallest guy out there is six yeah. foot eight, you should be able to shoot over them. For sure. The one. The best part of this game was uh, it actually might have game six and game seven kind of combined in my head, but I'm pretty sure it was game seven that Kristaps was on a two on one fast break and he pulled up for three. And Mark Jackson, was it Mark? I think Mark Jackson said, "Oh, I like that shot," and I love Jeff Van Gundy, especially their relationship. And he just said, "You do? You like someone taking a pull up three on a two on one fast break?" <laughs> and Mark Jackson kind of just shrugged it off. But that's what I thought. Who like? Unless you are the Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, and I'll put Trey Young in that conversation. Especially when you're Kristaps Porzingis. Right. Drop it in the basket. Dunk on someone. Like right. it's unless he's hurt, that that is my only that's my only way I think I could defend him is if he was nursing some kind of injury. Besides that, he he then complained that he thought he was more of an afterthought as opposed to the co star. And if these are the numbers you're putting up you're not a co-star. You're a fourth option on a really good team. And this was, he left New York in this big hoo-ha. Now look where the Knicks are and look where the Mavs are. Obviously, Luka Doncic is the reason the Mavericks are here. Yeah. The Knicks, like, if you're trying to compare who has it better as a fan base, I would think I, I, think I would say the Knicks. Just yeah. based on, yeah. sure, Dallas has the better player, but who has the team you believe in more? Right. Which does get us to uh, Tom Thibodeau, who it, it seemed like it was a two-horse race for Coach of the Year, Tom Thibodeau or Monty Williams. I think 
when I saw Tom Thibodeau for the Knicks one, do you think it's either? To me, it was two options, and if it's another one in your head, you can you could pick a third one. But it was either because Tibbs brought this team that's from New York, big market, back into the playoff atmosphere, or is it because Phoenix with Monty Williams last year did so well in the bubble, and you could it makes more sense that they were better. I don't I don't think so because we just talked about that. I I've never seen a team carry over one season to another like Phoenix did. I haven't seen that ever before. So I I go with the Phoenix coach. That you would have picked him. Yeah. I I mean, I think I said it on here. I honestly don't remember, but those were the two that made sense. I'm pretty sure Quinn Snyder with Utah was the next. I mean, if you were going by my predictions, I'm pretty sure I said Utah wouldn't make the playoffs or that they would be in the play-in game. Right. So if you're going by that logic, sure. But if you're listening to me, like I think I said Boston and U- and uh, who did I say? Boston and Dallas were going to be the two number one seeds. Or maybe Brooklyn. But uh, two of those three teams didn't make it out of the first round. Right. Uh, back to – so second round. Uh, or I, I should say that the this series – having every road team win until game seven is just it, it is what i love about sports it's so unpredictable and for sure it's not like like if anybody brought up bubble stats about like oh this home yeah. team away team that doesn't matter who cares right. the fans that were on the screens yeah those are neutral site games really yeah when i call them anything to win every game on the road especially those stadiums got more and more full as the games yeah. went on yeah for sure and for the clippers to hold on in a game seven when I don't think many people believed in them and everybody wanted to believe in Luca. They at least how they played feel like they should be the finals, like the contend the number one contender to come out of the Western Conference. I just think we're all too afraid to believe in them. Yeah. And Utah, like if Utah beats them, no one's gonna be surprised. Right. Exactly. And if they win, it'll kind of be like, Oh, all right. They made it to the conference finals. <laughs> like every step of the way. If the Clippers win the championship, I don't think that will shock anyone. Right. But everyone will also go, oh, I guess they could do it. Yeah. Like, it'll, it'll be, even if they're game four of the finals or whatever, game six of the finals and they could win, it'll still surprise people that they even got to that point. For sure. Because they're the baby Clippers. <laughs> yeah, they are. The little brother. Uh, Atlanta-Philadelphia game one. The Hawks win 128-124. Not the outcome I think anybody expected. The Hawks dominated the first half. I think they were up by 20 or 25 after the first half. Did Embiid play? He did. Oh. Uh, Joel Embiid, with his slightly torn meniscus, wow. 39 points. So not not blaming him for that one. Nope. Trey Young, 35 points, 10 assists. He, he might be the best part of these playoffs. He is just, as much as I have said I didn't like him, he has gone to a different, almost like Steve Nash level, where 10 assists kind of almost seem like it's not enough for how much he's actually setting up and running the offense. Right. And then he's still scoring 35 points. And he'll be a good villain in Philly. Oh, for sure. they'll be ready to boo him there, too. <laughs> Holy jumper. Yeah. If, if there's any scenario where... If the Hawks somehow win the series, which I don't think would surprise anybody, if we're talking Trey Young in Brooklyn round three, even if they lose that... If his playoff run, Trey Young's playoff run is New York, Philly, and Brooklyn, right? He's gonna become the NBA villain, which I kind of think we need. I don't really. Yeah. I feel like we don't really have one right now because no. 
who really hates the Nets? Like, I know yeah. we don't like them, but right. it's not like the when Durant, them. yeah, when Durant yeah. joined Golden State, right, or LeBron when he joined Miami, exactly. those were villains. That was exactly. Um, and it's the Seventy Sixers. It's not like the rest of their team. Like uh, I was about to say, Steph, uh, Seth Curry, twenty-one points. Tobias Harris, twenty. Ben Simmons, seventeen points, ten assists. It's kind of all you can really expect out of that group together. Yeah. And the Hawks were just better. Yeah. And it's a weird. Now a lot of people are just have spun and gone. Oh yeah, I'm picking the Hawks, but I didn't pick them to beat the Knicks. I'm not going to pick them to beat the Seventy Sixers. Now I think the Sixers have faced enough adversity in that first round that they can figure it out in this series. Right. It's more just they don't really have anyone to guard Trey Young. Like you can put Ben Simmons on him, but then someone else is open and right. Simmons could defend Trey Young and could probably stifle him and stifle him would be like maybe 15 or 20 points but then he would probably at that point have i don't know 20 assists yeah it's it's you have to pick your poison with trey young right uh last call uh, denver phoenix game one starts tonight and this is going to be great because uh we saw last round with damian lillard this kind of just mishmash of denver guards managed to not even stop dame but stop the other guards around him or just cj mccollum i i think it might be a little too much for denver with chris paul and devin booker especially the way booker played against the lakers right but then also on the flip side is deandre ayton going to be enough to cover Jokic? like i think this is going to be a very offensive series right high scoring um speaking of damian lillard there's a really weird situation going on where like the day after they get eliminated or maybe the two days after they ask him because De- or Portland and Terry Stotts, their head coach, agree- mutually agreed to part ways. Pretty sure it was probably just a firing, but we like to be nice to coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, then they asked Damian Lillard, who do you want to be the head coach? And he said, I want Jason Kidd. They're both from Oakland. Didn't know that connection, but yeah. he said, I want Jason Kidd to be our coach. Then Jason Kidd took himself out of the running because he thought it would be awkward because Dame wanted him to be the coach, which... That's weird. It's weird for a guy that was a head coach and not a very good head coach. He had, like, pretty young Giannis, like, not really ready for a big moment. Right. But maybe he just wants to, like, Jason Kidd's an assistant coach with the Lakers right now. Maybe that's what he – like, if he takes another head coaching job, that's going to look really bad on Portland because even he he put out a statement, like, uh, Portland's a first-class organization and, like, anybody would be lucky to coach there, but I'm going to take myself out of the running. Hmm. I just – I don't – just doesn't really make sense to me unless no. he wants a few more years as like an assistant coach or until he's ready. He wants to do. Yeah, that could just be the job. And he lives in LA now. Right. Not like Portland is like a I wouldn't say Portland's like a huge downgrade from LA. Nope. Um that's all I got for the NBA. Let's go over to the NHL where the big news was uh Canada approving or the government of Canada approving cross-border travel for the final two rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs, meaning no quarantines, and whoever wins this Canadian series will be able to play at home and travel back and forth. With fans. Things are getting back to normal. Yeah. How do you you feel about the government allowing that? That's great. It's perfect. Yeah, it's not really... I was trying to think of, like, a downside to it, but it's just because... I just feel bad for the Blue Jays. (laughs) Why can't they... (laughs) Yeah. Now the 
it, they're they're just given priority only. to yeah hockey. For Canada, we'll let hockey, but not baseball or football or basketball. No, even though basketball created in Canada, not not a priority here. Uh, this this Canadian series, game four, going on as we're recording this. We haven't watched any of it yet. Game two, one nothing, Montreal shutout. Pretty tame game for a playoff. Yep. Like for like the entertainment we've seen from the other yeah, games this yeah, was just yeah. like a goalie duel and yeah. T- Tyler Toffoli gets the winner yeah there wasn't a shorthanded yeah there really wasn't much more to the game beyond no, that go- yeah goalie matchup game three which is it's to me and I said it last time game three if you're down to nothing is the must win of the series yeah especially if you're going on you the lost, road exactly you lost the first two at home and Montreal 5-1 win you could even call it 4-1 if you don't want to count the empty netter. Yeah. Montreal just flat out dominated the Jets with they, Paul Stastny back in the lineup. They totally did, even in Cree. I, I listened to the game in Cree. <laughs> yeah. Which, and uh, it's so funny because there's a lot of um, words that are they don't have. Like so it's just icing, English? Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Icing, face-off. <laughs> it's so, so you kind of know what's going on. Well, yeah. you know anyway because you're watching, right? But it's just... It's funny to hear because Montreal Canadians, but we're always there. Even the probably like names too. Yeah, they are totally yeah, just regular English. So it's just kind of funny. But I listen. Yeah, I listen. Dominated. I listened to the first two minutes with the broadcast, and and I then I checked on why demand. You, I know. I was wondering why you taped it again. And going, oh, did it not tape long enough? Is what I was thinking. It must yeah. be overtime. And then, yeah, I started watching it, and I was like, oh, that's why. You, okay. It worked better. Um, the second time I taped it, it was on at like three or four o'clock in the morning, yeah. and there was no intermission report. It was just the uh, commercial, just the, and then it was to the next period. Oh, perfect! And I was like, "That's great. I don't want to hear NHL these." NHL in sixty. Yeah, I don't want to hear them. I don't want to hear what Kevin Bieksa, Cassie Campbell, yeah. or Anthony Stewart—the one thing they have to say before they leave. Yeah, they just—they need to give them more time if they want to make it more entertaining. Yeah, but it's kind of hard. Like you don't really have that much time. Um. Montreal six-game win streak. They haven't trailed in over three hundred minutes. Yeah, they're uh, they were, yeah. They're, Price was wasn't he on some shutout streak or something too? Probably. Yeah. Um. So this is this is the question for Montreal because we have to ask it: Who is the better CP, Carey Price or Corey Perry? Ooh, very good question. I uh, definitely Price. Ah, uh, I thought you wanted to be funny and say Corey Perry. Yeah, I did. He's, he's, he's scored play, pretty big he's goals. He's playing well. He's yeah, like he's playing Corey Perry at twenty five right now. He and obviously Carey Price is the star of the show, but the opportune goals Perry's scoring, the way he's playing, it just makes me think. The beginning of this year, he was on waivers. He was yeah. like up in the air of where he was even going to play. Yeah, exactly. And now he's the, I would say one of the five most important players Montreal right has. Yep. Yep. Um, so yeah, game four, Montreal has the chance to sweep. Do you think it's over tonight? No. I think Winnipeg's got one more in them. Yeah. Especially cause it's back to back. That's the one thing that also made me laugh that, um, the NHL had the Canadian because they started late with the whole Canadian playoffs Right. that they could be the first series over. Over. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then trying Mon- to catch up. Montreal could be sitting and waiting, which I think that would be the that, worst case scenario yeah, for I, them. I, I totally agree. I think it'll be rust. If they stop playing right away. Especially that they'll be heading to one of those Western uh, American cities. And playing right away. So are they going to continue doing like the NBA is as soon as the series is over, the next series can start, are they going to play it? Because that's the one thing that I like about the NBA. 
they they'll start if someone can start playing go start playing they have, even atlanta philadelphia i think uh, they might have ended on the same night which was like a when tuesday wednesday thursday somewhere in there they started sunday like they even gave them a couple days off and it was still right, they didn't have to and it was still la dallas game seven right. like right before that i think the big thing is there's no concerts right now right so yeah. there's nothing it's going open. on it's wide open so yes you can move up games and right fans are gonna flock to go and see them whatever day and time it is mm-hmm. but. and of this north division the winner will face colorado vegas which this series has been absolutely flipped on its head i don't yeah. think anybody would have seen game four and were tied at two no max patcherati a big difference maker in that series does it make you happy back. that you dropped him from yes, the hockey totally because i thought he was out for the year <laughs> i he showed up in game six or game seven and scored yeah. a goal yeah and- <laughs> <laughs> and that hasn't stopped. Uh, game three was the Philip Grubauer show. 3-2 Vegas win, and he had 43 saves. It, it, this If this game is five minutes shorter, Colorado's up 3 nothing in the series. Yeah, Vegas just had – yeah, they had the two goals. Two and, quick goals, and yeah, Colorado couldn't recover, and they – Still haven't recovered yet. But. No, which game four, the Jonathan Marsha show game. I love getting giving just like one person it's their game. Like right. I said before, the Ben Simmons game, it was the Jonathan Marsha show show. Right. Oh, that was really hard to Ooh, say, boy. but that was kind of funny. Um, Vegas won 5-1. And this to me, it was a real 5-1 in Colorado. When they were down, I think 2-1, they showed a picture of their bench, and I thought they'd gotten eliminated they, already. They, they were, were gassed. Defeated. Like, you should have seen, I, I don't know if you watched any of that game, but it was a shooting gallery. There was about a four-minute span where Vegas was all over Colorado. So that means they went through their whole team, basically, four lines. They couldn't get out of their zone. It was shot after shot after shot. It was like... Oh my God! Like they, they don't even look like they're evenly matched. It's the first time I've seen Colorado get outplayed that badly all year. And back to back games, and that game, Vegas, even when they're up three, two, one, three, one, four, one, they're dominating the pace of play. Yeah, they're and who, not letting who's up. Who's the team that's down? That's one of those moments where I wish we could have gone back to the 1970s or eight, I guess even 90s was the scoreboard on in the 90s not as much once in a while i think sometimes for the last five minutes they would put it on or so 70s and 80s when you don't know what the score is and then you would say oh wow vegas must really be behind in this game you're like oh no they're up 4-1 yeah colorado like what what can they even do at this point because they obviously are a great team and they could figure it out back at home yeah I think that's the other non-panic reason is that every team's just won at home so exactly. far. Exactly, it's not a series until you right until you lose at home. I just I think it's more of a concern because at least Vegas in those first two games, I guess maybe it's leveled out because Colorado does Vegas deserved to win game two and yes. Colorado deserved to win game three. Correct, but it's just how badly they've been outplayed and um, who's doing that game? Gary Galley. Was talking about how Jared Bednar was upset with them after Game Two, which again Vegas probably should have won that game. But right. the fact that he's upset with them after Game Two, I don't know what after Game Four is is the feeling in that locker room. The only Avalanche player that's happy about this at this point is Nazem Kadri. He gets he's more time get to a, come back. That's right. He might get a shot in the series. Which also, what's the point of him even like still trying to appeal because? Well, he's just hoping he can get back maybe a game early or something. Which at this point, I think that's all it's going to be. Yeah. All it could be because yeah, apparently... He's already missed two, six games. Six, so 
you get one game off and you're yeah. back in game six. That's if, what he's hoping for. If now you're back in game seven, which right. if this, I think the series, unless Vegas really just keeps dominating, which I don't think we can fully yeah, expect, I, it seems like a seven game series. It does, yeah. It, it just didn't early on. And again, for the first 55 minutes of game three, this looked like it could be a sweep. Yeah. Colorado, I think it's good that they've faced this adversity because yeah, they need it. In in round three, if if they get there, and I'll even throw it out there that it would probably at this point be Montreal. Montreal just has this weird kind of like magic feel to them. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you. They they will not get swept, wh- whoever they're playing. And we're saying they're already in the next round. I I can't see them losing four games in a row. No, I could see one or two, but then but then also if we're if we're playing this game and Winnipeg it's four two, going back to Winnipeg, right? Yeah. No, Montreal. Like game six in Montreal. Right. That's some that's some like Leafs level like oh god Mark Scheifele's back now right. like what that if Winnipeg gets to that point it makes this series at least. I mean, I'll say like ninety percent more interesting because yeah. besides how how actually evenly matched they are, Montreal was just more opportune with scoring chances. Yeah, for sure. And Dubois, Ehlers, and Stastny have to show up in this series. Which that was everything to happen. Elliot Friedman, I can't remember which. I think it was the intermission of one of the, or he. I think he was on Tim and Friends today, which it's so weird to not just say Tim and Sid. Right. Um. He was saying someone from Columbus was asking like how hurt Dubois is because they said they've never seen him play like this, hmm. which kind of makes sense and yeah. thrust into that first line role. Yeah. It's not made for everybody. Uh, Tampa Bay, Carolina, they had the eight-goal second period. Tampa Bay wins 6-4. And for me, it was just a Tampa Bay. It was their star-studded show. Yeah, they, they kept figuring out how to come back. I thought when Carolina was up 4-2, they were they had it made. And by uh, the end of the second period, Tampa Bay had the lead. Yeah. Um, it's funny because uh, listening to a couple of Hurricane fans, Bubba and his uncle are big Hurricane fans. Oh, they okay. were Whaler fans as well. But, oh. um, they both basically said they should have pulled the goaltender. Morassic. Yeah. After the second goal. They, they thought the second goal was pretty weak. And it's true. They did leave him in a little too long. Like, at least do it for momentum. Yeah. And then you could go back with your rookie guy for game five. Which I think that's kind of kind of the only move you can make at this point. At this point, point yeah. Is yep. and it's it is like a pre-game momentum shift of we're gonna go back to this guy. We made it to the second round with this guy for a reason. Yeah, and I understood the going to Mrazek because you just have sure. to give yeah, them a gotta, different look. Absolutely, you got to switch it up. And but the difference to me is uh, injuries. It's too bad the Hurricanes don't have their full allotment of players. Yeah, which is always the unfortunate part of the playoffs. Yeah. Is they're deep, but not that deep. Yeah, not against Tampa. Because Tampa Bay is so top heavy, and yeah. Carolina to me, it's it's their their one one year away. I think this run because last year it was the first round, now it's the second round. I think next year is there as long as they're bringing back at least most of their team that they would be ready for a third round Stanley Cup kind of run. Didn't they get to the conference final three years ago and get swept by Boston? Oh, I guess maybe, but I feel like that's. Like the year before they had everyone, like the Svechnikov, because they okay. would have had Teravine and Naho at that yep, point. I yep. guess that's most of that group together. But 
Yeah, I mean, they, at least they have that experience. It's the discipline, too. they got to stay out of the box. Because the Tampa Bay yeah. power play it's, is... It's, yeah, it's not fair. It's a cheat code. Uh, Boston Islanders, uh, their game five going on right now. Um, also, uh, Islanders win game four, four, one, two, two, even series again. It just, it made sense. These teams were very it's, evenly matched. Yeah, again, another possibly, well, it's going six for sure, but possibly seven. I didn't realize the, um, um, I don't remember the Islanders doing this fans in the seventies and eighties. Maybe they did, but they cheer for one player that's on the ice for the entire shift. I didn't know that either because it was yeah. Josh Bailey and he almost scored and I was yeah. like, that's awesome yeah. Like, yeah. that it kind of yeah. worked out that yeah. way. And then they, but they keep doing that. So I, I, and I really don't recall because yeah, it's kind of a weird situation because the, the didn't always play in Long Island. Yeah. Right. They played in Brooklyn for a little while, and they were kind of. They came back, and now yeah. even I so think I don't it's, know if it's a new tradition or what, but I, think, I like it. I think it's next, ne- maybe next year, the year next after year. that they move. Yeah, yeah. The the new arena will be ready next year in in Long Island, where they should be. They're moving to. No, they're moving to uh, Queens. I want to say no. Queen. Uh, I I don't. I I know they're moving. That they're going somewhere it's else. It's not going to be around there. Which yeah. it's too That's bad because yeah. Nassau, as much as it's kind of. Like I don't want to say a dump, but it's just old. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's the outdated. original from the seventies, for sure. So it's more of a nostalgic why they're still there. Uh, we should talk about the David Krejci slash spear because no one they didn't know what to call it. But it that's, was a spear. I I don't know how just you reduce it that was to in two the privates. Yeah, like it's no different than doing that same motion in the ribs, and that's five minutes. If anything, it should but, be worth more. Yeah, and they reviewed it even. They reviewed uh, it but and reduced it yeah, to two minutes. Yeah, exactly, which is just strange. But I'm glad they do that. I'm glad they, they get it right, right? So you're never going to have that San Jose Shark-Las Vegas game. Yeah. Where, yeah, it becomes a nightmare. He gets the $5,000, the maximum suspension, which uh, I guess the, that's fair. Barzell gets the winner. I'm, I'm really happy that even – I think that was another Gary Galley uh, – who's the – John Bartlett? Yep. That's – and he was saying, you know, they really need to play Palmieri and Barzal together. They have yeah, this chemistry. chemistry yeah. And I was like, that's good for me. I have both of those guys in the hockey pool. And yeah. they've been they've been combining. Barzal, I, I do have to – that first round, he was pretty quiet against Pittsburgh. Yeah. And he yeah. has become the superstar the yeah. Islanders needed. Exactly. Yep. Uh, that's all I got. I saved a couple that I didn't write down for bad, good, and great for you because I knew I knew you would set them up for us to talk about. Oh, okay, because now I'm trying to go off the board because you've been talking about stuff that are my good, bad, and great. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's stuff I can add on in case you didn't. Okay, got you. You ready? Yep, I'm ready. Bad. The USA have now lost seven straight semifinals at the IIHF. I mean, I don't think we looked at this team and said superstars, but that's that's just not enough for a program that gets the – that has the development program. I was going to say, why don't they just send the development program there every year? They would probably do pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they had not they even have. a guy that was there, like Beneers, I think was a part of it, but wasn't right. there this year. Right. That's 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 rough, especially going into that semifinal. Uh, the U.S., were they, they were the top team in the group. Kind of, kind of hard to they argue were, against them. They hadn't given up more than two goals in any game until they played Canada, the second time. Right. Um, I got another bad. Yeah. Uh, Roger Federer withdraws from the French Open, probably his last time there. 
and I couldn't believe this, but Mary Carrillo and John McEnroe were all over Roger Federer. Like upset with him? Yep. Because in their mind, all they thought he was doing was prepping himself for Wimbledon. Yeah, because even when he his statement was like, I, I just needed to listen to my body and I need to make a decision for me, mm-hmm. it definitely does sound like he didn't want to lose in this tournament. Exactly, and that's how you do it. You win and then default. And it's so sad because the French Open now, it was the last, actually I shouldn't say the last tournament because Wimbledon still doesn't have it yet. Maybe they will this year because they have a roof. Anyway, they were the last um, t- uh, or one of the last tournaments to not have night sessions. They did have it this year. But guess what? Now there's no fans. I guess there must be a curfew or something in France because there's no fans For the night. in the night sessions, which or maybe is, they just is don't know. even more interesting. No, they know. It's just everything's covered like the NHL had oh. in the bubble. So like nobody can sit in the stands, which is unfortunate because Federer's last match there was... A really good match. Yeah, in front of no one. Yeah, exactly. That's that's pretty disappointing. Yeah. Okay, uh, for my good. Um, I didn't realize this, but uh, Segura for the Vegas Golden Knights is an Aurora Tiger. Really? From Aurora. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I did. I See, I'm trying to come up with some new, that's new good. That's information. A, that's so. a fun fact. Yeah, exactly, a fun fact. So that's my good. For my great... I got a couple. Uh, well, first off, we'll start off with Canada. Yeah. I, that's probably the most impressive world championship gold medal on a number of fronts. One, they started 0-3, so no team had ever gone 0-3 and won the tournament. Mm-hmm. No team had lost four games in a tournament uh, and won the gold medal. This team looked terrible. Yeah. I put, it was in my bad probably more than once. Yeah, it could have been more than bad. Yeah, I was embarrassed, right? This is Canada. And don't give me this wall, you know, they're just putting this team together. All the other countries are the same way. It's not like you can say, oh, well, Latvia was playing all year waiting for this tournament. Yeah. No, right? And it's not like the other countries were like, oh, no, we had to lose to, like, Austin Matthews it, and Patrick Kane. It's not like right. other teams had superstars. At all. Exactly. Exactly. But, wow, did this team ever come together, like, by, you know, the, it, you could t- see it in the Italy game. Yeah. But it's Italy. Yeah. Right? So you're going, eh, well, I don't want to get my hopes up because it's Italy and nine other things have to happen besides them winning all these other games yeah. for them to get in. The Finland game was definitely because Finland is the is the better team just on paper. For that sure. first Finland game. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and then by the time they beat Russia, it's just kind of, they are just playing this system and it you could plug anybody into it, it and it just works. It matter, exactly. But Mangiapane, for me, is the MVP because once he showed up, he was the guy that, to me, was dangerous on the ice. And he's not that kind of player with Calgary, but you know what? Maybe he's a second-line player now. Like he Calgary. should, like he should. Maybe be he's with gonna that. move up. Yeah, like some of the moves he was making, it was like, wow. Yeah, and especially it's it's good for Ottawa Senators fans that Connor Brown and Nick Paul combine on the right. winning goal, right? Which was a beautiful goal. And the o- that overtime three on three on the big ice is it, that you know something's gonna score. They're, we're not getting to a shootout, which is another one of my goods. Uh, was the fact that they're playing ten minutes, 
Yeah. And someone is going to score in that. Even though there's more ice, so there's more chance to be defensive, believe it or not, the smaller ice actually opens that up. Um, there was less uh, people taking the puck back because you've got more room to set up. To set up, you can yeah, you don't have to necessarily do that. So I like that for the three on three. So I thought that was pretty fun. I thought there were also that overtime, but only felt like maybe a minute or two was like kind of tentative. Right. Besides that, it was action and because once you get a chance, there's a lot of ice out there, so you got a lot of ice to cover, right? Mm-hmm. It was so. it's it's an impressive team because. The biggest superstar is probably Connor Brown, who like was yeah. and who was exiled from the Leafs and right. had a good year with Ottawa. But yeah. he's probably the biggest name, I guess, unless yeah. you want to say in a couple months from now when Owen Power is the number one pick. Exactly, who he was impressive. Like the yeah, fact for... that Gallant trusted him out there in overtime. Exactly. Yeah, and and did no wrong. Like no. He, he was. I don't want to say he stood out, but he definitely didn't stand out in a bad way. Yeah, like for it's more impressive because he he's an 18 year old defenseman, he, and you could argue he was their best defenseman. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Have fun in Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Still, I'm still on good. I guess. Eh? No, I'm on great. Yeah, uh, great was Canada. Here's another great, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, Liam Kirk for Great Britain. Oh yeah. Seven goals in this tournament. Is he getting? Is it someone going to pick him up now or what? That's impressive. That's if you're going to get attention, yeah, yeah, in the IHF, one of the best three forwards in the tournament. It it was good. I'm going to add on to. It's definitely not a great, but good for me is uh, Moritz Sider being named one of the best two defensemen in the tournament. He, if he is not a Red Wing next year, I'm just going to say that the development has gone a little too far. He needs to be in the NHL next year. He is like six foot four, lumbering, and he. As I'm not gonna say dom- dominating in the sense of like he's putting up a point a game, but he has proved everywhere that he's played that he deserves to be in the NH- NHL. And there'll be room on the Red Wings blue line, that's for sure. Yeah, right-handed shot defenseman, he could run the power play. I, it's at least that's someone good to look forward to. He could be a stalwart for years to come. I'm just surprised Germany didn't give the U.S. USA a little more of a run in that bronze medal game because it, it's again it's usually a bigger deal for Germany than the US. It's a game that only one of the teams cares. Yeah, normally. Yeah, in the US, I, I, they must have cared. Well, yeah, they're kids, right? They, again, it's not the pros. It's not right. These guys probably never play on this team again. Probably not. Right, most of them. Also, uh, Darcy Kemper, good, good for him. I hope he gets out of Arizona because also, I know we saw Aiden Hill only play a game. If Arizona trades him, Aiden Hill's the starter. It's it's not bad for a rebuilding team, right? And uh, you know what? I didn't think Kemper played great. He didn't really have to. No, he played good. Not great. He, they didn't need him. Like they didn't need him to steal any of these games. Like no. well, Once maybe one of the first the, three yeah. would have been nice, but yeah, it wasn't happening. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna. I'm gonna zag and say team MVP Gerard Gallant because he. Yeah. He, this he, also he's put himself in a position where. I don't think NHL teams get to pick where he goes. I think he's going to pick where he goes. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to pick the right situation for himself. Don't disagree with you. Which, if he picks Buffalo, I'll just throw it out there. If he picks Buffalo, he must really like Owen Power. Then. Yeah. Exactly. If he trusts, if he, I mean, obviously you would take that job if you think Eichel is going to be there next year. Right. And tons of money to spend on. Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall. Bring or, him back. Yeah. Or somebody else, right? Yeah. Lots of free agents. Okay, and my last great comes from 
um, tennis. So, again, uh, Carrillo and McEnroe all over Roger Federer. This is what they thought he should have done. Um, Tom Gorman. He's up on Stan Smith in the 1972 Masters semifinal. Masters? Oh, it, like a tournament. A Masters tournament, which I guess back in that day was a big tournament just below the the Grand Slams at the time. Okay. Um, he's up match point, and he retires. His back was so bad, he would not have been able to play the next match. So what he said was, I'd rather have a final. So this was, oh yeah, you said semifinal. Yeah. That's... I almost want to say, like, why did you even play? But I guess it's the competition. And if you thought you could win and keep playing, but I guess once you figure out in that match that you're not going to be okay. That and you know how often does that happen in tennis? A lot. That, that either that, you know you can't finish a match and you retire, or as soon as you're done and you win, you retire. Yeah. And, again, they were all over Roger because they know how much of a historian of tennis – he would know that yeah. that story. But I guess, do you want to win your last match ever at the French Open and then retire because it doesn't feel as bad? But they're just saying it's just a bigger problem because, again, the rest versus rust. And they're saying uh, it's more rust in yeah, tennis. You and need a, to play every second day. I was going to say, in a, to tournament, in a tournament like this, because in like the, I don't want to, what do you even call like the other, like the other tournaments when it's three sets you play every day? Exactly. But yes. for this, you're playing up you're, to five sets. and it's Right. You're playing out there for five hours sometimes, right? So that's you need why you're a playing day every off. second day. And yeah. whoever whoever Federer was going to play and who now moves on, you have that extra day rest. But it is one of those things where you could just say, can I can I deny the rest? Can I play yeah. someone? Yeah, can I play exactly. keep playing? Right. Uh, I did have a great that I wanted to add on. That, okay. Uh, Taya Curry. Was the first ever oh, female right. drafted into the OHL. Yep, very good. A big progressive move, and I, I think that's amazing for the sport. Uh, absolutely, and I, I don't think this was just the ambassador no. pick. Like, uh, they interviewed her, and uh, Ron interviewed her a couple nights ago, and yeah, she's happy about it, but like, she seems like she's going to play because, you know, she was saying, I'm glad I'm only 45 minutes from home, so, you know, my parents can come watch me play and stuff. This is it's a big deal because no one made a big deal about it before of like oh this is going to happen and it's going to be this and that but the fact that it just kind of slid under the radar like I know it is a monumental thing like it's huge for this sport right but not making it a big deal at least to me maybe makes it feel a little bit better because we're not saying oh look at this look at how amazing this is but instead like the first game you'll go look at how amazing this is look at her in the net and I guess eventually you just want it to not be a big deal because she's a girl. Right. And she's really not the first girl. No. To, right. Like Manon Riom was, she played in the NHL. Yeah. And, and that's what I figured. If a girl's going to play any competitive level, it's going to be a net. And because uh, to me, that's why it's kind of too bad that I think the goalies on the women's side of the game are too good. Like they're way ahead of the shooters. Yeah. Because it it looks easy for them sometimes to me. Yeah, right. I could, because I could see the, sh- the women, sh- they they don't have the strength, right, to have the same kind of hundred mile an hour slap shots. Yeah, right. So to me, it seems like 
the goalies are ahead of the players on the women's side of the game. Yeah, so clearly yeah. if she's getting to this point, it means she's oh, ready for this level of competition. Yeah, I, again, I'm not sure what round it was, but yeah, it wasn't like the last pick of no. the draft and, you know, they wanted to make it, you know, we want to finally pick a girl or something. like. Yeah. I, I think she's, yeah, I'll be watching that to see if she's, you know, maybe we can go watch a junior game next year. I feel like because of how unprecedented this is, it might be hard to get tickets to go see her. Which is awesome. Yeah, that, that's the kind of draw you want for a sport like that. For sure. That's missed a year of playing. Exactly. Over a year? No, I guess well, like uh, the, the end of last well, year and then two a full year. Two years of no Memorial Cups. Yeah. Right? It's almost going to be who's the last. That's going to be a trivia question. Who was the last team to win the Memorial Cup? I couldn't even tell you the teams that were in it, for God's sakes. Uh, yeah, no, I always mix up years. I, in my head, I was like, was that the Oil Kings? Because I was thinking of Curtis Lazar, but uh, I could not tell you. 2019, I was like the last Memorial Cup that I can be like, I vividly remember this Memorial Cup was 2017. St. John's C something, didn't they win? They were in it recently. Yeah. I was, the last team I remember was the Mitch Marner, Christian Dvorak, Brady, Kachuk, uh, London right, Knights. So right. that's like 2016 or 17. Right. In that yeah. range, which is definitely not good. That, And it's not like I don't watch it. I watch it every year. Yeah. So it'll be back next year. Hopefully. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> fortunately, we have to put yeah. that asterisk on yeah. it. All right. Uh, that's all we got for this one. Uh, we'll be back friday with whatever happens and besides that we'll see you next time